Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a very, very exciting treat, uh, a very exciting guest that I'm really happy and honored that he was able to take the time to meet with me for a few minutes. Today, uh, Alexander Zverev is speaking with me on the podcast. He is currently in Dubai to play at the Dubai Duty Free Tennis Tournament that happens every year in February, and he's here playing in the men's tournament this week. So before, I guess it was maybe January, I had reached out to his team sometime last year, and then we said we would get back in touch, and then the holidays and everything kind of forgot about it and got busy, and I reached out to his team um, to see if he might be here in February. And they said it looked like he might, and we stayed in touch. And so I also want to thank his uh, team for making this interview possible today. If you're not familiar with Alexander Zverev, he's a professional tennis player from Germany. He's been ranked by the Association of Tennis Professionals, also known as the ATP, as high as number two in the world. He was continuously ranked in the top 10 from July 2017 to November 2022. His career highlights include many titles, um, including the 2018 and the 2021 ATP finals. Also, he won the gold medal in the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. He's won 19 ATP tour titles in singles and two in doubles and reached his first major final at the 2020 U.S. Open. He was runner-up then to Dominique Thiem, and he's the only active player outside of the Big Four with five Master 1000 titles. He is a former junior world number one, and he's also won a junior major singles title at the 2014 Australian Open. He had an early breakthrough on the professional tour as well, becoming one of the youngest Challenger Tour title winners in history at the age of 17. As a teenager, he's won two ATP titles and upset the then world number three, Roger Federer, on grass. At 20 years old, he became the youngest player to debut in the top 20 since Novak Djokovic. At the Levera Cup, Zverev has also played an instrumental role in Team Europe's early success in the competition, winning the clinching matches in 2018 and 2019. He's had such a long, wonderful career, and he's still quite a young guy. And he's been doing all of this with type 1 diabetes. He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was just three years old. And I've followed tennis, and I've been to the Dubai Duty Free Tennis Tournament many times to see the amazing world-class players that come here. And I didn't realize that Alexander Zverev was type one until he um, announced that he was starting a foundation to support people with type one diabetes and other other um, diabetes and accessing medication and different things like this, which was very exciting because it's always so refreshing and it never gets old to see an elite athlete overcome the challenges of type one diabetes. It never gets old seeing an elite athlete perform at their peak performance. And if you have something extra in the mix to 
overcome to do all of this, it, I think, makes it even more special. Some of you might be listening to this podcast, um, maybe don't have anything to do with the diabetes world, but you may have come across it um, when you've seen Alexander Zverev's name. So just I want to take a minute to highlight the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Type 1 is an autoimmune condition where your pancreas does not create any insulin. There's nothing that you could have done to prevent it. It's nothing to do with diet or lifestyle. But of course, the way that you manage it, if you eat healthy and you live well, then you will have better outcomes, which is related to how we manage type two as well. If you eat healthy and live well, you will have better outcomes. However, with type two diabetes, this is more insulin resistant and you may not be insulin dependent as in the case of a type one. If you have type one diabetes, you will not live very long without insulin. You must have it. And I know it's not lifestyle related because my son was diagnosed with type one when he was just 20 months old. This is one of my reasons why I started Diapoint. And when my son was very young and I was watching him one day play basketball and he was very frustrated because he had to stop and treat a low blood sugar. It was then that I went to Google to look to see, I said, there must be some athletes out there that have type one diabetes and have done still, you know, played sports and become professional with this. And when I started Googling, I found a basketball player Um, but I started to dig deeper and I found many athletes that have type one diabetes. Some are more public about it than others. And some of them, they, they do amazing things. So I was really honored to speak with Alexander Zverev earlier today and listening to him share his story, uh, with us has been so special and extremely motivating. And I hope you find the same. Hello, Alexander, and thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I did not know that um, you had type 1 diabetes. And when I read about the launch of your foundation, I was pleasantly surprised because always we love speaking with people and particularly athletes that have type one diabetes are doing amazing things and proving to everyone that it's, I don't, I don't want to say that type one diabetes is not a big deal. It's so challenging to manage and all the things. And unless you live with type one, it's really difficult to understand how challenging it is, but to see people with diabetes empowered and doing amazing things is really great. Uh, when were you diagnosed? Uh, when I was three and a half. So three and a half. From a very early age. Yeah. Do you have any recollection of it? You were quite young. So do you remember? Oh, I remember, I remember being in hospital for the first time. Um, but to be honest, as, as a three-year-old, uh, you don't really realize what, what is happening. So it, it is more difficult for the parents, I would say, than, than for the actual kid and at that stage. Um, I think later on, you only start realizing what actually it means to be diabetic, what it actually, um, what it actually is, that illness. 
But in the beginning, I think it's more of a shock to the parents than than to the kid, actually. I, as the the mother of a child with type one who was diagnosed at twenty months old, I would agree with you on that point. Yeah. It's very challenging, yeah. and it's kind of bittersweet and good and bad that you don't have much recollection of it. Because I think, in some ways, that might make it easier for you. But everyone has a different experience when it comes to acceptance and, and realizing it. How long have you been playing tennis? My whole life. Uh, I, I grew up in a, in a tennis family. So, um, you know, my, my mom played, my father played. My brother was a professional on tour as well. So uh, since I basically could walk, I was walking around with a tennis racket. Amazing. Amazing. And was there ever a time where, when when did you decide to be go, become pro? Like, what was the turning point there? I think it's not a decision that you 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 take in a split second. I think it's you know something that you dream about as a kid. You go through the junior stages, you go through the junior tournaments, you go through the rankings, and then it kind of just naturally happens that that step forward for me. It happened quite early. I became professional back in 2013 when I was only 16 years old. Um, mm-hmm. So for for some, it happens much much later. They only become professional tennis players in the, in their beginning or mid 20s. Um, so I've been on tour for 10 years now. This is my 10th year. I mean, so it's been a very, very long time in a way. But yeah, I mean, I always wanted to become a tennis player. It was just a question whether I was good enough or not. Amazing. Well, I think you proved to the world that you are good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Was there ever a time that you found diabetes was really a challenge to manage and you thought that that might keep you from fulfilling your dream? No, I think uh, it was more, you know, the doctors and, uh, you know, some specialists were always saying, you know, tennis is such a physical sport and uh, it, it is very hard to to do that with diabetes. So it was kind of them telling me that it is not really realistic, um, which, you know, I I wanted to to kind of prove them wrong in a way, which which I luckily did. And yeah, it was it was never myself. I I never had that doubt in my mind. But again, um, because I had it from such a young age, I didn't know what it m- meant not to have it. So for me, it was kind of normality. Um, but yeah, it was more it was more the the people from the outside and the people that were not in my life, you know, in a daily routine. Uh, those were the kind of telling me it was more impossible to do rather than than me or my parents or somebody that was really involved in my life. Right. I can't tell you the number, not that I've interviewed hundreds of athletes, but almost every athlete that I've talked to that has had type one at some point on their journey, a doctor or two has told them that it maybe wasn't a good idea, which I'm so happy that you did prove them wrong. That's, and, and still in, in you became professional in 2016 and it's 2023 and that some people are still telling young athletes with type one not to do it or that it's going to be too hard just blows my mind a little bit because it can be done i think especially with the technology i think with the medicine it is also improving it is becoming easier uh, these days but i feel like you know the mindset of some doctors is obviously yes it is easier to have a regular life to have a you know nine or five job where everything is kind of set on on time you know in, in tennis you might be playing at 11 a.m. You might be playing at 10 p.m. You might be playing for an hour. You might be playing for four hours. You you never know. So the adjustment there is obviously very, very different. But in a way, you know, it is it is an extra challenge. But I think 
also people with diabetes and people with 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 this kind of I wouldn't say disability, but with these kind of illnesses, uh, they become to you know to be mentally tougher. They they become uh, you know stronger people, in my opinion, as well. So you know, I'm not I'm not the only athlete on on such a high level. You know, we have multiple golds, Olympic gold medals with diabetes. We have world famous football players like Nacho Fernandez, who plays for Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. I was world number two in tennis. I mean, so there are there are athletes that that made it with this kind of illness. So for me, it's very unfair when you know when a doctor who's not who doesn't really actually know the kid or who doesn't really know uh, the parents of the child just just based on an illness says you know it's, it's not possible. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I observe that, and a lot of parents are very concerned sometimes when they they hear this or when their child is newly diagnosed will my child be able to do these things and that's that's really wonderful Mm -hmm. so when you 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 point out you know you don't know if you're going to be playing an hour or three hours hours. and when you're playing a longer match can you give us any insight to how do you manage your blood sugars then during that time because you don't really have a chance to stop and eat something well we do have we do have obviously changeovers which last about a minute um so we we can kind of monitor what what is going on there sometimes i give myself an insulin shot sometimes i take a gel but for me the the most important thing is the preparation beforehand so what do i eat at certain times um so the energy kind of lasts throughout the whole match i have certain things that i know my blood sugar is more stable than than with other things but i think it is also very personal personalized i mean you can't really there's no rule to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, for example, I eat a lot of sweet potatoes uh, before the match because I feel like the energy lasts very long and my sugar is stable. You know, some I've talked to some other di- diabetics. They say, yeah, but my with, with, with uh, sweet potato, my, my blood sugar spikes up. They, they prefer to eat rice or noodles or whatever. So it is very personal. There's not really a rule to what you should do or shouldn't do. You have to kind of figure it out yourself in a way. Um, so, yeah. So thank you for pointing that out, that there is not necessarily one way for everyone. No two people with diabetes are like, and you have to really do what works best for you. And I'm glad that to hear that's your experience too. But mm. I've heard some people like sweet potatoes for this very reason. So that's, yeah. that's really very interesting. What is your favorite um, thing to treat a low? For some reason, people with diabetes often ask this question. They're very intrigued by it. To what? Your, your favorite food or drink to treat a low blood sugar. Oh, to treat a low blood sugar? Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times during the matches, I just take the dextro gels because that's just the fastest way because in a match, mm-hmm. you got a minute. So you can't really wait for anything to go into your blood. So you just take liquid right. sugar that, that goes into your bloodstream the fastest um but you know favorite thing that depends depends where i am whether it's really really hot outside and i do like a fizzy drink uh, at times uh whether it's not so warm and uh, i'm hungry then you know it can be it can be something else it can be an ice cream or something like that so there's not really one thing that i could say that is my favorite in a way you don't have a go-to. Yeah, no. and probably oh, I I am happening. So, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that's the better option, actually. Yeah. Very true. So, I came to to learn, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, about your type one because of your foundation. 
Can you tell us more about that? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I think because of, uh, you know, a lot of doctors, a lot of other things that happened to me when, when I was a kid. Um, I was very shy about my illness. I was never really comfortable with it. I uh, was always trying to hide it, um, you know, until until a certain point. Because, uh, you know, at some point I told myself, you know, I, I'm Olympic champion. I have 19 ATP titles. I uh, was ranked number two in the world. So there's no reason to hide it. And actually, you, you know, I, I, I could help maybe other kids I could help also other parents but I could also help uh the world in general because they, you know there's a lot of countries as you probably know that are not as well run or the system is not as great the medical system like in Germany or like in the US or like even in the you know in Dubai or you know in, in these kind of countries that that have money um and that there are a lot of countries especially you know in Africa and in Asia um which you know when when a kid and i say a kid because most of the time they don't grow up to be adults unfortunately a kid is diagnosed with diabetes it's it dies within a few days within a few weeks because it just does not have the the medicine to to live a normal healthy life like i do and like millions of others do in countries like like germany usa and you know all those uh well-run countries so for me, there, there's two parts to the foundation. You know, I, I want to inspire, obviously, a lot of younger kids. I want to inspire a lot of parents that, you know, had the same shock that my parents did at a young age when their kid is diagnosed with diabetes. But the second main thing for me is, you know, I want to give a chance to a lot of kids and a lot of, you know, young people all over the world that doesn't don't necessarily have the chance right now to to survive or live with this illness like like we all do so i want to you know provide them with with insulin i want to provide them with testing stripes i want to provide them with you know the the care that they need to to have a uh, to have a fulfilled life with it amazing uh, yeah. that's really lovely and it is it's 2023 and like you said those of us that live in developed countries we're so fortunate but yeah it sometimes feels as the technology and things improve, the gap is getting bigger. And I think it's, I think, I think diabetes is also a, an illness because, you know, in developed countries, which basically run the world as, as we know, we can all have a normal life. We can all have a filled life. So diabetes is not really talked about much because of that particular reason, you know, with, with cancer and with, other illnesses that are deadly, even if you're have a developed health system, they're, they're talked about more and there's more foundations for that to research that. So I felt like diabetes is not really a, an illness that is talked about much, but it also unfortunately has a lot of deaths uh, because, because of that illness. Um, it has, you know, a lot of problems all over the world, but simply because we don't have the awareness and we, don't provide uh, the countries with the necessarily with the necessary medicine, with the necessary testing stripes, and with you know the necessary equipment just to to have a normal life with it. Yeah, yeah. We will have the link in the show notes for uh, your foundation, so yeah. people can learn more about it and what you do. Yeah. Um, and so we're almost out of time. We want you to get back to practicing and preparing. I think your first match is tomorrow. 
if I'm not tomorrow. mistaken? I'm tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're very excited to watch you play. Before you go, any advice to someone that has diabetes, whether it's type one or type two, that might be feeling challenged by it at the moment? What would you tell them? I think for me, the most important thing is you got to still do what you love. Um, don't let anyone tell you that you can't do anything because of an illness. I think um, you should, you know, decide your own limits. Don't put, don't let anyone put a limit on yourself. And, um, you know, it is a challenge. So in a way you have to enjoy the challenge that, that life gives you in a way. So, um, of course, it, it is uh, difficult at times. Of course, it, it's not something that you wish for anyone to have. But um, at the same time, um, you should still be able to live a happy life with it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks for your Thank you. time. And thanks Thank you for, for sharing your me. wisdom. Thank you. I appreciate Good luck it. with the tournament. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. I just want to thank Alexander Zverev and his team for making this interview possible. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I know this is a really busy time as you're preparing for the Dubai duty-free tennis tournament, and we wish you all the luck in the first game tomorrow. I really enjoyed not only learning more about Alexander's story and his foundation, but I also love the wisdom and advice that he shared with us. No two people with diabetes are alike. This is something that we say all the time. And something that people with diabetes will tell you what works for one person doesn't work for the other. And that's down to medication, doses of medication, what you eat, what affects your blood sugar, how your blood sugar reacts to a certain sport or activity. It can be a very different experience for each and every person as everyone is an individual. Enjoy the challenge. Diabetes brings a lot of challenges and... I love that he highlighted that we need to embrace that somehow and learn to enjoy it or fi find the beauty in it. There, there are beautiful things um, that can come out of something challenging. Do what you love. I think that was a really clear statement. Do what you love and don't let anyone put a limit on you. Like I said, it's 2023 and there are still doctors or other people out there sometimes with the best intentions, but setting limitations on other people, maybe about a condition or something that they don't really understand. And that's not good. And it is human that sometimes we listen to those ad advices be <laughs> because sometimes they're, you know, told to us by people that are supposed to be experts, but you are the expert on you. And if, Alexander and so many other athletes that I've spoken to listen to those early stories of people that said, oh, don't do it. It's going to be too difficult. You won't be successful. Then they wouldn't be where they were today. So don't let anyone put a limit on you. This was an incredibly motivating discussion. Thank you again so much for, for joining. And I look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Also, if you enjoy the show, whether you're new or you're listening regularly, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts or leave us a rating and review. Maybe recommend it and share it with friends and family. And please, if you'd like to visit our website at diapoint.me and sign up for our email list 
get newsletters about health, wellness, and tips for diabetes. Also, you can check out our free resources and extra information. You can follow us on social media at diapointme. Or also we have Arabic channels, Diapoint Arabia or Arabia, depending on how you're pronouncing it. And you can visit the Diapoint shop to find some really cool health and wellness and diabetes products. Thank you again for listening to the show. We really appreciate all of your support.